Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, I'm Sebastian Stan, and I played Carter Payson. Welcome back, listeners, to your one and only source into all things Gossip Girl. You know you'll love it. XOXO. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of XOXO. I'm Jessica Zor, and we have a real treat for you today. One of my best friends is joining us on the podcast, and we happen to have met on the Gossip Girl set. He played a little character named Carter Bazin, who had some big storylines on the show including gambling debts and a Serena Vanderwitzen romance. It was never a dull moment with Carter. And I can say the same about him as an actor, the one and only Sebastian Stan. You know how Carter was always somewhere in the world doing something crazy like camel racing in Dubai or rebuilding Machu Picchu? Well, that is basically Seb's real life. I swear whenever I talk to him, he is off shooting in Prague or Budapest or Atlanta. I just cannot keep up with this man. He's done such amazing things, like landing the role of the Winter Soldier in the Marvel Universe, or Itania, the Martian, Black Swan, the 355, Pam and Tommy, which just came out on Hulu. He has an unbelievable range and is a true star, but he's also just so sweet and so down to earth and is just a really, really good guy and super funny. I was finally able to pin him down for this conversation on what just happened to be New Year's Eve. We reminisced about Gossip Girl days, New York City, and his amazing career. Here's the man, the myth, the marvelous Sebastian Stan. (laughs) 
Hi. Happy Happy New Year. Wild times, hey? I know. It's just crazy. <laughs> are we gonna are we gonna make it? Exactly. Also, like it's weird just because it doesn't feel like New Year's at all. And I we've been to like Miami for New Year's together. We've <laughs> we certainly have. We've done some some fun New Year's trips. Now it's like I think the last three years I've been in bed at like 10 o'clock and I'm like was happy about it. You know? I know. I know. I'm the same way. Like I was thinking about it this morning. I, I used to be so much more energized about tonight, but I, I'm very okay with it just being like a normal night. Maybe that means yeah. I'm old. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it seems like so much work to do anything else. And now like in Canada, there's like curfews now because of everything coming yeah. back around. So <laughs> we have to be home before midnight anyway, I think. <laughs> yeah. So I'm basically 16 again and have a curfew. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully this, this coming year is going to get better. Yeah, for sure. We got some exciting stuff to look forward to at least. Like you have an amazing show coming out in February. I'm obviously one of your biggest fans. <laughs> I appreciate that. You are. And I've always been. I, for anyone that's listening now, when, when Sebastian got the role of Carter Bazin and came on Gossip Girl, I'd seen some of the playbacks. And I remember saying to some of the producers, this guy's going to be like a huge, huge star. There was just something about what he brought to the scene and this role, and it seemed effortless. And then he has become this like amazing actor that everyone wants to work with. But the Pam and Tommy show, I'm like so pumped for this. Well, yeah, it is It is a crazy story that actually I feel like a lot of people don't really know as much as they think they do. I mean, we were pretty young, right? Like I guess when that happened, 94, 95, like that's when I first came to America was in 95. So I, I don't even remember anything about it. Obviously in high school, you would hear things and stuff, but this is the time where we're kind of looking back at some of those events, you know, from the 90s and sort of reevaluating and reexamining them again in the hope of like offering a different perspective to what happened. And I think people will, will be in for quite a ride in, in terms of just preconceived ideas of, of what happened and learning a little bit more about how we were all kind of complicit in it. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I bet we'll learn a lot because you can't always just believe that one headline or that one rumor. And actually, one of the last times, you guys, that I saw Seb, it was at our friend's birthday, and he had all these tats and hair of Tommy Lee. It was basically Tommy Lee. And it was our friend yeah. Toby's birthday, if we go like full circle. That's Toby true. Hemingway, Chase Crawford, Taylor Kitsch, and Sebastian Stan all did this movie called The Covenant. And that's actually kind of, I remember when they were looking for who was going to play Carter Bazin. Chase is like this guy that I did a movie with. He's a friend of mine. Sebastian Stan yeah. is coming in to read. How did that all come about? Yeah, well, I was really, you know, at the time I was working on this play and then it was 2007. <laughs> and then Chase was coming to the city to do this TV show. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. We're going to, you know, we're, we're going to get to hang out and all that stuff. And then, you know, there was a guest star role of this, the Carter Basin guest star role. And then I remember I went in there and I, I didn't tell him about it. I said, I'll tell him if I get a call back. I'll say if, if, if I get called back, then I'll say like, right. I might have a shot at this thing. I don't know. And then I went in and I got a call back. And then I think I told him and he was excited about it. And then, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess I, you know, maybe he got me the job. I have no idea. No, I, I mean, it worked out in the end, but it was, it was wild because we were, yeah, we were sort of sitting there kind of acting again, like only two years after we'd done that first movie together. And 
you know, it started a really nice journey for the, the next four years. You know, I kind of got to like come in and out and watch you guys. Because the thing is this, like, I didn't grow up in Manhattan. You know, I, I really grew up in Rockin County, which is like right outside of the city. But I was coming into the city every weekend to take these acting classes when I was like 16, 17. And I was meeting all these kids from like these private schools. Upper East Side schools. Yeah. And and so I, I had friends who had grown up in the city and all I wanted to do was just be a city kid, you know? So then like, I feel like once the show came on, it was really interesting because I was like, I know this world, you know, I kind of seen it. And it was really wild to me how sort of accurate, like some of the stuff was. Well, because you, when you, when you read a script and watch it, you're like, wait, these kids have this much money and they're just like going and having a drink at a bar and like getting in a limo and going to school because there's such a small percentage of people that have that life. So the fact that yeah. you like saw it, it's kind of wild. No, for sure. And so I so I was like, I feel like I know how to like, you know, get in the show and stuff. But but I, you know, Car- Carter was like such a funny character because I remember like going there and, and everybody was dressed so well. And then like they gave me like a, I don't even know what they gave me. It looked like <laughs> I was wearing a rug in that first episode. <laughs> and I'm I'm pretty sure Ed's, agent at the time was there on set and came up to me. We were doing that, like we were sitting at that poker table. The poker table, yeah. And then I remember Ed's agent at the time was watching it and he came up to me afterwards. He goes, you're doing a little too much. You might want to like tone it down a little bit, like less with the expressions. And I was like, oh, you're right. Absolutely. Like he was like, Film, we want to bring it down, you know? Oh, and my God. Like, oh, God. <laughs> Getting notes, you know? Um, but I was terrified. Like, I was kind of, it was scary in its own right, I guess. Well, yeah, and that's a scene with a bunch of extras, and it's like the new character that you're bringing to life, and you want to make sure, like, it's, like, meshing well. And um, Carter Bazin was, like, a very interesting character to play. This guy who's, like, traveling the world, comes from money, but didn't want the money, and kind of, like, sneaky. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it's very funny because there are times sometimes where I'll still walk down the street and somebody will actually just yell out Carter Basin. Carter Basin. Like, Carter Basin. <laughs> and then I'll be like, how did that, you know, even, uh, I, yeah. I didn't think any of that was ever going to land as much as it did. But, you know, it yeah. was, listen, it was, we were all living in the city. I've always been a city. I, I never went to LA, you know, and, and for me, like to, to get a job locally in the city was I feel like a huge thing. And then the truth was, I mean, you know, we we really all did get along. It was sort of a weird thing because you're going to work with your friends and stuff. And, you know, I feel like I was lucky to kind of come in as an outsider a little bit and come in and out. Like I was not a regular on the show. It was a big learning lesson for me, I feel like in a lot of ways, because you guys really did at that time kind of just blew up on the scene. And then it felt like things were just happening. Yeah. And like, so it was like really interesting having been there longer than I was, you probably felt that meteor kind of like skyrocket attention that everybody received. But I, for better or worse, like I I felt like I was always a little bit like, you know, like in basketball where there's like the sixth man, (laughs) he's not in the starting five, but he's like, but But it's like, you want to put him in just to keep the score going a little bit. But I was kind of amazed with at how popular like the show was and you it really felt like you guys were just invincible in a way you know what I mean like I don't know if you felt that way or- yeah well it's kind of weird because I think as an actor when you you never think about the response 
hitting the way it did with Gossip Girl or maybe something like in the Marvel world for you. You're just mm-hmm. kind of doing your job. And as an actor, you don't think, oh, well, what if this show gets so big and there's paparazzi? And if you date your co-star, everyone's going to want to know about your relationship mm-hmm. and all the things that come with that. You don't think about that. So when it did hit the way it did, it was shocking because you're like, you're you're happy because you're like, oh, people are liking it. But there was a lot that came with that. No, <laughs> right? I know. I mean, trust me, I, I know. Yeah, I mean, you know. I was, I was definitely dating co-stars. I mean, like, I, I get it. It was, I think also, like, it's tough when you're in your 20s, you know, you just don't, you're still really figuring out. Because you're learning stuff, yeah. Yeah, you're figuring out who you are, you know, and you're still kind of understanding things. And And I think we were very lucky to be working. Like, I always just thought, again, like, I was like, to have a job in New York City was a huge thing, because then you 100. can be This year was the first time I had a job in New York since literally those times. So it was a privilege in a way, but there were people that were always kind of going, well, you guys are so lucky. You're having a good time. Like, enjoy it while you can. This is the moment, you know? And I feel like everybody kind of was conscious enough to go, okay, like you want to try and and enjoy this as much as you can while it's here. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it's 12 years ago. I'm like, whoa, that flies. But okay. Let's talk about when you first got to New York. So you were born in Romania. Yeah, I was born in Romania, and then the revolution happened there right. in sort of 89, and then it was sort of chaos. And my uh, my mom was a pianist at the time, and then she actually left and uh, went to Vienna, Austria, which is like the city of music, and then started to play piano there and then teach piano. And then after a year, I was living with my grandparents. She came and she got me. And and then, yeah, I lived in Vienna for four years, and I, you know, I went to like a German public school. Not that I actually spoke German, but <laughs> I was trying. And then my mom remarried to my stepdad, who was American, and that's when we moved to New York in 95. Oh, wow. And like, how cool is that? Like, my mom was a pianist. I know. I mean, you know, it's easy to sort of like take your parents for granted, right? Like sometimes, because you just, you sort of think about what they had to deal with because you're growing up and you're focusing on being an adult. And I mean, you're a mom now, you totally understand, like you're, you're seeing it, I think already, like from that other point of view, but it's, it's true. It it was, you know, my mom like was like a single mom at 27, like taking care of me and like being in a foreign country and like playing piano and stuff. It was, it's a little like, it it makes me a little kind of like think that I'm not, uh, I'm not doing enough at like, 39. No. It's a lot. And you and your mom are just so cute, but she did an amazing job because you're one of the sweetest, most humble, (laughs) funny. Sebastian's real funny, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. I, I'm not, you know, I'm, I realized I'm, I'm just, I don't know if I'm funny. I'm just, I'm definitely a neurotic. Like I'm a very (laughs) neurotic person. Like like I realized I clean my apartment every day now. I, I've never used to do that. I wake up and I'm like constantly cleaning things. It's like, oh my that's God. not, that's all OCD. But anyway. <laughs> okay. And then, so then you worked at a theater in New York. I did. Yeah. I was working at a movie theater and that was amazing because I got to see movies for free on the weekend. And also when I, when we first came here, there was a family that we lived with uh, who we're still very close with and they had this basement with like this humongous television, like at the time I had ever seen. And there was just stacks upon stacks of VHS tapes. And so I was just watching a lot of movies all the time. And that was good because I I saw a lot of things watching actors and like kind of like thinking. So maybe that was good to be exposed to that, I guess. 
That's amazing. Did you always know you wanted to act and tell stories and do that? Or was it a specific role or movie you watched or? No, I mean, I mean, in Vienna, like my mom was trying to kind of get me into it and stuff and it didn't really work out very well. We There was this one role I did and this tiny thing. And, and I remember being, I think, 13 or something. And I was so frustrated that it took so long that you're waiting around all the time <laughs> to shoot something. It was just crazy. And I didn't want to do it. But then, I, yeah, I, it was in high school. I went to this camp, Stage Door Manor, and that was a that was a great camp. And I met my manager there, who I'm still with. And that really, I think, kind of helped because once I got her, I mean, I didn't really book a job until Law and Order until I got to college. But she really wanted me to go to college. She didn't want me to, you know, I, I wanted to move into the city and start doing the whole thing. But she was a very important kind of influence in terms of saying, no, you got to get an education. You got to go to college. You got you to study this thing and try to understand what you're a part right. of. Right. Well, listen, whatever you did, I'm, it's, it's working. So. <laughs> I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Okay, so you get the role of Carter Bazin, but how was that filming? Because yeah. that was pretty much the first time filming something really in the city for you, right? 
Well, I had done I had done Law and Order before, and that was in the city and stuff. But yeah, it was the show. I didn't really think that I was going right. to be coming back. You know, it, it, nobody had said this was going to be a reoccurring character. I think it was only going to be one or two episodes, and then, you know, they they kind of brought him back around, and that was fun, and and sort of got all these intricate storylines and it's just funny how i ended up with serena it was always this like history with serena and stuff and he always popped up in the scene sort of swarmy you know kind of just <laughs> with another fact or you know he's had he had one more thing up his sleeve and and, and i was like god i'm just always going to be like this nasty guy you know that just pops in there and but it was super fun like I, and it was i think it was overwhelming too at times because like you said we were just growing up and right and, and I think you get a lot of young love and a lot of things that kind of are coming at you very quickly and you're just trying to process it. And I think it always looks, you know, when we look back now, I think we can all look back and just kind of go like, oh yeah, that was, it was, that was awesome. a lot of fun, more fun than we, than we were thinking at the time, but totally and you had all these people coming in, right? Like, yeah. People that like popped in and out in the whole fashion world. Think about that. Like the fashion stuff we would go to. I know. Well, that was, I was always uh, a plus one at those things, but <laughs> I wasn't really invited directly, but, but I remember being there and going like, oh my God, like this is just intense. I don't, I'm just going to look to see where the bar is. You know, but you always look so very sharp and good and fit right Listen, in with that. I, somebody showed me a picture of me back then. Like, and, and I remember just <laughs> uh -oh. like doing the half shirt tuck, tucking, like, like <laughs> the one like the button, you know, like a button down and there's one side of it tucked in, but not the other. And like, I had like four buttons unbuttoned down to here and stuff. It was just like, Oh my God. I Rings. would say now though, if Vogue or anyone did a like survey, I would say you're probably top five best dressed in Hollywood at this point. And it's probably is out there to be honest. Uh, I don't know. I could thank my stylist, I guess, Michael Fisher in a lot of ways. He's, I sort of just turn to him and go like, listen, you got to tell me what, What's yeah, to well, do? It looks but, good. But I think in terms of our show, the show, right? Like Eric, who was our costume yeah. designer. I remember I, I tried on a suit one time and I was like, should I get a belt or something? And he was like, no. no <laughs> there was no belts happening on the Upper East Side. And that was kind of a thing. And I know he started a few trends at the time, right? I'm not right. crazy. That was a hundred percent. He's like an icon, and not only is he an amazing artist in the fashion world to bring all those characters to life in a way, like how he dressed yeah. Chuck. Chuck walked a certain way in those suits because of how, you know, he felt in them. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I think that's what happens when you, as you get older and stuff, you start to look at all these pieces that kind of come together to make this thing. You know, when you're young, you're just sort of like, I'm the actor and I'm going to do my character and stuff. But then right. like all these people supply all these other kind of layers to create those things. But yeah, Absolutely. I mean, he, Chuck Bass was a very, uh, it, it, he seemed to always have all the cool lines and, you know. It was <laughs> yeah, Eric Damon killed it with that. So you came on, basically Carter Bazin dated Serena. Did you have other love stories? It was basically Serena, but then I, I'm, I don't quote me here because it's been a while, but I, I do remember at one point that he, he became a bit of a pawn in the Blair Chuck Wars. Right, right. Yes. There was something there like that or, so, or or I don't know. But it was always Serena, yeah. Yeah. So you worked with Blake Lively, who played Serena on our show the most. But then you really went off to work with a wonderful group of, of leading ladies. 
Margot Robbie, you you have a movie coming out with Nicole Kidman, Penelope Cruz. I mean, those are just really beautiful, wonderful actors to work with. Uh, totally. I mean, I, yeah, I've been very lucky to be opposite incredible partners. I think when you think of acting, it's always sort of this partnership and this dance that I feel like has to happen with the people you're working with. And, and it's true. I, you know, I think, yeah, it really did start with Blake, essentially. Right. I mean, I, I think I've sort of, yeah, I've managed to kind of work with, find my way with, with some of the most strongest uh, women out there. I honestly feel like I'm better in the scene as a result of it. And it, weirdly, I can't quite say I've had the same experience with male, like super strong, <laughs> famous actors. You know, like it's actually been weirder on that than actually working with, with a strong woman because there's no bullshit. You just sort of like have to show up and like do the work. And I think male dynamics uh, are, are sort of funny with each other. You know, when you have someone who's like older or, you know, a younger person coming in and stuff like there's always sort of a, a interesting tug of war, which I, I'm like always rolling my eyes at. But, right. But yeah, I would I would rather pick a strong female partner in, in a movie or a TV show any day. It's true. I just work also Julianne Moore. I just worked with, which is another like check. Yes, check she's one of my favorites. Like, unbelievable performances and and just incredibly generous and super just human and and was so I don't know like friendly and kind of nurturing and it just it was, yeah. it was a great thing yeah so and where did you, where did you guys film that that was I can't keep up with where you're filming <laughs> no that was in New York that one was okay. in New York and Allison Allison Janney yeah Allison she's Janney, phenomenal yeah. hey yeah I remember when we were doing that movie and Margot really had a lot of scenes with her. I had a, like maybe two or three or something, but I just remember going, it's very hard right now to kind of not sort of break character because because she was so funny and so right. <laughs> and then like in a in a drop of a hat could like just immediately turn cold serious with you and you were like, you What's know, right on? yeah. Yeah, right on your on your toes. But yeah, that was a great, great experience because they were both awesome. Just phenomenal. Yeah. And then, you know, too, Layton on Gossip Girl, when I've been rewatching, I'm like, this girl took people on a journey. She would, like, be so emotional one minute, then funny, then a little snarky. And I'm like, did she on a CW Gossip Girl show just do, like, 12 emotions in a two-page scene? Like, Layton was like, she brought, like, I, uh, a I whole mean, bunch of... I always thought, and, and I still think that, like, I always just thought, you know, that she was such an incredible actor. I mean, I, I don't know if you saw her. I saw her on Broadway and of Mice and Men. And uh, stuff. Yes, I saw it. And I've seen, there was a movie she did, Life Partners, that was really, really great too. And yeah, and Blair is, to me, it was a very complex character. And I feel I feel like she always managed to do that really difficult thing of balancing the humor with like the heart and kind of giving you like a complex character and stuff. And, and the uh, vulnerability that she found with Blair was like, because the things that she did, sometimes you wouldn't really, you'd be like, that's like kind of harsh and you don't, but she played it so well that you always really cared well, for thought, Blair. I, yeah, but she, I mean, you know, from what I saw, you know, I, I mean, she worked really hard. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, I mean, everybody did, but, uh, but I thought she, she always worked really, really hard and took it very seriously. And she's a great actor. Yeah, absolutely. super great. Um, I just had to like bring that up with all the people we were just listing because it's you've really worked with 
or been surrounded with. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, we we didn't have like that many scenes and stuff. There was like little things here and there, but yeah, I actually, by the way, sometimes I'll walk and I'll go by. What was that? The palace. What's the one on that that we always? Oh, the palace in the the courtyard. Yes, with the courtyard and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'll always walk by there and I'll always remember us shooting there and kind of, it just, it's just such a crazy place. Like how much we use that spot, you know? So right. it does nostalgic a little bit, you know, cause it's, you feel like, was it really like that long ago? Oh my God. <laughs> but here's the thing. I remember sex in the city. I mean, you mm-hmm. remember that, that show and that was a huge show watching growing up and stuff because it was just New York and it was, again, a different kind of storytelling. And it was these women who were, you know, like the adventures and sort of the way it was done. I, I, I don't know. I loved that show and it was nothing like it at the time. And it made me fall in love with the city and it made me kind of sort of like feel excited about the weird uh, circumstantial kind of serendipitous thing that New York tends to have because you are clashing yeah. into people randomly like and you could bump into someone and strike a conversation or it's just so it's so much more um combustible that way than than los angeles and so i guess like when gossip girl came around you know it sort of felt a little bit like this was sort of like a newer sex in the city in a way it was was sort of another generation kind of experiencing new york in a different way and i and i don't know if they obviously thought of that but i'm sure that we're aware of you know, of New York and telling stories that way. And, and yeah, you know, when I first started working in New York on, on Gossip Girl, people would say it's the best city in the world. And I knew that this vibe and this energy was something I'd never felt, but I had not been well-traveled. But then when I was able to travel a bit more, I went to some, some of the most beautiful cities and amazing and had great experiences. But I remember one night sitting, I might've been in France somewhere. And I, I remember saying, now I under, totally understand what people say. There's nothing like New York City. There's just not. There's not. And, and and it's weird because when you land at JFK and you're driving back and it's the worst drive in the world because it's always like three hours <laughs> in the back of the city and you're like, oh my God, it's almost worse than the flight back. But but it you is. get you come up on that sort of highway and then you see the the skyline of the city and every time it just always hits home because for us, like coming from Europe and stuff, my mom very much had that you know, if you can make it here, you can make, make it, it anywhere. mentality, you know, and it was very like, we're going to go where the tall buildings are, you know, and you're like, Aww. but it's, it's true. Like it's, that's the romantic part of it. Talk about New York. I'm just letting you know, Katie Parrish is blasting outside of my window right now. You hear that? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my Cars. God. That's funny. That's New-, New York. That's New York for you. I love it. Aw. Did you find filming in New York because we did so many locations, like the amount of ADR? After doing Gossip Girl, any other show when I would be in a soundstage, I didn't realize how much I appreciated that because you don't have to do so much ADR. I know. It's it's such a love-hate relationship because it's true. Like sometimes you can go back in there and kind of fix your performance. Right. But there's other times where you feel, yeah, it was amazing. And then I'm going to screw it up now. You know, I can't recreate that moment. But even filming now, yeah, it just between the sirens, the ambulance, you know, horns, sirens, people, fans, and usually people that are just fed up. They're like, 
I'm walking and like it yeah. literally is I'm walking here and you're not, you're not telling me not to walk. Like yeah. that's just New York, you know, but you were forgetting, a, you're forgetting a massive thing. At those times there was no social media. Right. The iPhone had just come out. We had Blackberries. Yes, we did. And it sucks. Like when you're filming something and then people are just immediately, what they'll do is just, they'll just come and they'll take their phones out and they, they'll film the whole scene. And it's like, and then the scene ends up everywhere. And, right. you know, you, you want to wait for the thing to come out. You want to wait for, for that, sure. the surprise of, it's sort of like taken away from just the surprise of waiting for something to come out because things get spoiled so easily by, by yeah. people. But it's true. I mean, I remember there were times when we were shooting, it was almost like theater. You would, we would be on <laughs> the Upper East Side. 68th and Lexington or something. And then we would do the scene and then you'd look to your right and there was like an a whole audience of people just almost you felt like you were on stage. Yeah, it was wild. So I feel like Marvel's super weird about their storylines and things getting out. It's super top secret. So how was that for you guys? Because Well, you- it, this that's why I think it's very hard to do it on location now because it just somebody will film it and then it will end up online. And right. so oftentimes it has to be in a studio in order to protect the story. Um, and it, it's tough, again, for them because the massive universe that's built there by Kevin Feige is just so, it's all connected. So you want to protect that because then it, if you're watching a scene, it might actually be connected to four different things in other movies. Yeah, it's impossible to really do a lot of that on location. I mean, what, some of them we did in Cleveland, the Winter Soldier one was weirdly all mostly on location. But again, it was online. Right. Winter Soldier, by the way, I want to talk about that. I remember as your friend when when that came out that you booked that, like, that's like a life-changing thing for me, for you. <laughs> I was just so pumped for you. First of all, you got to remember, it was 2010 and it was just for the Captain America role. Iron Man had come out. I actually, I remember going with Chase to see that. And Iron Man had been so amazing. And then they were going to do the Captain America thing. And, and I remember going... There was a few auditions and finally someone said I was going to screen text. And, the, and Chase was one of the people that they were looking at. John Krasinski was another one I remember. There were a, a lot of people involved that, that right. were kind of going in. And, I, and I, I had been up for a couple of things that I didn't get. You know, I'd been up for that Star Trek Chris Pine role I didn't get. I, I'd been up for the, the Green Lantern Ryan Reynolds role I didn't get. Right. And so <laughs> I didn't really bank on, on this necessarily. And it didn't go my way. They just called me a week after saying, maybe we should talk about this other role, which they weren't even casting at the time. And fortunately, they just saw that I was more fitted for that role. But again, it was always a discussion of, yeah, we would love to do this one day, but you know, we were just trying to take it one movie at a time and, and make sure that people still go see it. So it was still very early in their success and in, in their right. kind of ideas. But like in that. We've talked about this a couple times on the podcast. Like, you know, sometimes when you don't get a role and you've worked really hard and you kind of get bummed and there's like a thing where it's like you can't hold on to it because being bummed about it isn't going to change it. Because a lot of times you you don't get more roles than you get, I should say. So it's yeah. like when you just went through that, you didn't get this one and this one. And those are big movies and those are great. But it's my point is, is at the end of the day, you ended up getting a role that you knocked out of the park that people love. And there's probably times when you didn't get a role where you're kind of like, you, you know, you get like, damn it. I was like, you get what I'm saying? Well, 
No, I look, I appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, and this goes back to sort of weirdly gossip girl in, in, in a way as well, right? When we were talking about being in our 20s and going out for stuff, obviously, you know, you, you go out for something like Star Trek and then you see someone else gets it. And then you see that they just shoot straight up, you know, right. and, and their whole life seems to be changed. And you go, fuck, that could have, you know, that could have been the role and, and maybe it's never going to happen. But I guess like what I've learned is, Everyone's got stories like that. And, yeah. and the truth is, yeah, sometimes I think if you just keep at it, no matter what, like you just, there's, for me, this thing was always, I just never had a plan B. Like this was really all I fucking thought I was good at. And, you know, I, I feel like now as I'm getting older, I'm trying to like learn other things or be more curious about other things, but it really was it for me. So I just kind of kept at it. And fortunately, yeah, the Winter Soldier role worked out at a time where I think I was more ready to deal to with take that on. Yeah, or or or, or what that was going to become. Because I got to tell you, if maybe if I had booked that Star Trek role when I was twenty, whenever that was, then I don't know if I would have would have been ready personally. I mean, someone else at that age, right? Maybe was, and certainly Chris Pine was, and he was the right man for it. But but I guess it's my my point is sometimes those things really do happen a certain way and things do come in your life at a certain time when you're actually more equipped to face them than, mm -hmm. than you know? Absolutely. For the winter soldier, when we were talking about living in New York and doing like ADR mm -hmm. with all those action scenes, is that, is most of that done after? Well, yeah, it's very weird and unnatural because you're sitting there doing efforts. That's what they call them. And you have to kind of, you're watching the action scene and then kind of, doing the breathing and the reacting to the hits and stuff. And, and it's very funny. I think Hugh Jackman like filmed himself doing one of those things, but that's what it is. It's just really weird. And you're just like in the space kind of going, you know? Yeah. Because I'm also thinking if you're doing this in a soundstage and you have to pretend like you just got knocked 10 feet backwards. I mean, that's, that's difficult to do. It's also the first time when you see like what the scene turned out to be and you go, Oh, God, this is, I mean, that's what it's going to look like. Like, that's the take they pick, you know? You, right. Or you get like a little kind of relieved that it's not looking that bad, you know? Mm-hmm, because it's also the first time you see it. But what's also funny is that you have to go back in that moment where you were on that day, what your intention was for the scene. And, and you know, sometimes it's like a crying emotional scene and you're like, wait, yeah. you're coming from lunch and you're like, okay, wait, now I got to like get back to that moment. I have to be emotional and cry and this was from like a scene from eight months ago and you had i mean you had scenes like that right i mean like you've done you know it's just, it's so it's true it's the worst when it's, it's an emotional scene and you're like okay it's, it's just it's gonna be tomorrow and then the whole day is about that thing and then you're doing yeah. it and then they have to break for lunch so you and by the way the camera hasn't even been on you it's been on right. the other person so technically <laughs> now you're gonna have this one hour of waiting around to see if you can get back to that moment or whatever that was but now Absolutely. you know you've had a little bit of food so you're kind of more tired you're slowed down <laughs> like you just it's, it's not gonna work out you know from bbc radio 4 britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip i thought in that moment oh my god We've summoned something from this board. This 
is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. How do you feel about auditions? Is your whole day consumed with it? Are you someone who studies it, lets it be, and then go? I mean, it's weird because I, I had to. I had to do an audition. The last audition I had to do was in the pandemic, was in like over Zoom. And then sometimes that was kind of nice because you could sort of take different takes and you could really work it out. Because if you go in the, in the room, you only have 10 minutes or whatever it is. Maybe they'll let you do it again. But now I worry about all these younger actors and stuff that have to do this stuff over Zoom. You know, it's like you sit there and it's like you're in a computer and you can't really, I just, I can't wait until you can get back in the room with people because that's where I feel like you get that weird vibe of walking in and then, but I would have to have a ritual every time. I mean, I, I was definitely like smoking cigarettes those years. Yeah, <laughs> I, I But I would get there like, 20 minutes before. And if I was in LA, I'd park the car and I'd sit in the car and like, I'd have a cigarette and then I'd like go over the lines one time. And then I'd sort of walk and then like kind of see if there's anybody else in there. And then I'd have to go in there and have like a song so that I wouldn't hear the other people in the other room, like doing it. And like, it was just a whole thing. And yeah. And then if I ever got a call back, I'd have to redo every single (laughs) thing. I did. Like I would have to get to the same parking spot. Oh my God. I love it. Because I would, I was like every single one, I'd have to wear the same thing. Cause I'm like every single thing could have contributed to that. Going to that. Well. <laughs> so I don't want to mess with the universe of the thing. And 
But it yeah. was, the problem is when you leave the room and you don't know. Right. And you have no idea. I don't love doing a self-tape because then I keep redoing it. But then again, that's also why I like doing the tape because then you kind of can perfect it. But I get overly like... Picky, isn't it? Picky, yeah. But it's like what you said. It's There's such a vibe and an energy. And even if you walk in and there's 30 producers and it's your nerve, you can bring the nerves into the scene and it, it might help you, you know, add a different color to the scene. So Yeah, I always thought nerves were a good thing. Somebody told me, an acting teacher told me a long time ago saying, don't ever be afraid of being nervous. Like, that's a good sign. That means your your system you is, is getting ready. And yeah, if you actually, if you feel that you're literally nothing's going on with you, then uh, maybe I'd be more worried about that, you know, but, right. but the, the nerves thing, I always thought of every character to some extent has to feel adrenaline. I mean, even if they're a sociopath, whatever the audition or the character is, just tell yourself that in that moment, that's what the character is. He's right. he or she just nervous. Yeah. And that's at least you starting from a truthful place. You're not trying to suppress something that's actually happening to you in that situation. Because then if you do that, you sort of get that like weird manic -y kind of thing where you're like, I'm fine, I'm fine, but I'm not, you know. But right. I, <laughs> where it's like you might as well – there are many times I walked into auditions rooms just going, I – and really terrified of being here right now. But yeah, absolutely. For the best. And then at least they're like, oh, okay, you know, you're a human being. You're not a robot. Right. <laughs> How about when, when you have to test and you have all these network executives looking at you and when it's a comedy and no one is laughing, there's yeah. times I don't get a single laugh and, and, and I still get the callback. And I'm like, wait, are you doing this to see if I can handle it? Like, it's so weird. I know. I mean, I have scary memories of driving in pilot season in Los Angeles, again, before cell phones with an actual map and like doing like seven auditions in a row and you'd go to NBC or ABC or Fox or whatever, and you don't yeah. want to be late. And then you're in a row of people. And, but those network tests were really, cause you, yeah, you would see 11 people when you walked in and you wouldn't right. see their faces. And yeah, it was like dark. You literally just saw suits, them sitting in suits. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's everybody in the world. And I always remember the agent or the manager would always tell me they would be like, just do exactly what you did in the callback. Don't right. do anything different. The network <laughs> test just to see consistency. But that in itself was kind of hard because then you go, I don't remember what I did. Right. And sometimes it doesn't feel right to do it the exact same way. Sometimes it feels good to like add flavor or change it up, but, but yeah. And then, and you want the job so badly too. So you're like trying to take the notes and trying to be organic and in the moment, but there's so many layers. It's true. It, you, that's the thing. You come in there and you can't help but have slight feeling of desperation. It's, and it's that part that you have to always be careful about. Very careful. Yep. Because then you come in there and, and you know you need the job because maybe you're running out of money or, or you haven't worked in so long and now you've got this whole phobia in your head that's saying like, I'll never get a job. And so right. it's like whatever. But I always try to remember, somebody said to me, they, they said, everybody that's there, even on the other side, is really hoping that you might be the person. Like they, they don't want to do spend well. 10 more hours in two weeks like looking for somebody else. They, they're just, they're trying just the same and they might not always really know. 
they, they right. have an idea, but they might not always know what they want either. So the best thing to do is just is just to really be yourself. I mean, that's that was the the, the hard part with the auditions because I always thought, oh well, it's a character and I have to be a certain way or something. And the truth is, I think you just have to be, try and be as honest to you as possible. Right. And then if you get the job, then you're kind of like, okay, I'm gonna yeah. see if you can build on that or whatever. Absolutely. It's a trip. I th- we were talking about testing for Gossip Girl, and they said that Layton had tested and she had blonde hair, but the network could not see past really? the blonde. So they told her dye her hair brown. Her performance didn't change, but because her hair was brown, and it's just like so funny to me that it's little things like that. People that are fans of the show, they don't know little stuff like that that goes into it. I know, but I, 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 that still happens. But by the way, like I, yeah. to me, I, I had a Zoom not long ago, and I, I was telling him I was looking a certain way for that role, and I was like, "This is not how I look all the time." So if right. you just go look online, like you'll find something. But but on the Zoom, you looked like this other character. Yeah, I just think it takes a long time. I feel like for people to kind of go, oh yeah, because I'm always trying to look different for things. And it's not, I've been lucky because I've you know, gotten some people that took some swings and were like, okay, let's hire him. But they're not always going to th- buy me the way I am. Like, and then I'm always hoping that they're going to go online or you know, look up some look from somewhere or something. But it's just crazy because it's like, you just said it. They can't see it sometimes. So you just dye her hair and suddenly it's like, oh my God. Well, it's the same temperament, right? It's the same thing that came through. Right. I mean, I I was looking up something for you and obviously a ton of pictures came up, but from like Tommy Lee to I, Tanya, to the Winter Soldier, to Carter Bazin, to all these movies you have coming out. I mean, you really do have so many different, different looks. And these are significant changes, Seb. Like Tommy Lee, this wasn't just like, let's cut your hair. This was like (laughs) long and dark and tattooed. and, And then you learn to play the drums. Like, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm basically your publicist. <laughs> no, I, I know. You're like I should not. Yeah, I should hire you. I it, I appreciate that. Yeah, look, that was a huge, challenging, kind of scary thing. I mean, I, you know, Craig Gillespie, who had done I Tanya, was the one who called me and said, you know, I think I'd love for you to play this role, and I, <laughs> I was like, amazing, because uh, I don't have a tattoo on my body. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I, I'm not. <laughs> And I couldn't even have the patience to play the piano. So like, I'm not a musician, right? So it's like, I just felt in my head, I'm like, where, I mean, thank God he felt I could play this role because I I wouldn't be looking at me to be like, you know, one of the most famous you know, drummers in the world from like a, this epic band or something. But fortunately, I was, yeah. again, like once in a while, an opportunity like that comes where somebody goes, you know, trust me, like maybe this isn't, the guy who looks exactly or whatever, but like, let's just take a shot. And, and then, yeah, I I felt, you know, I just needed to get really as, as close as I could to what he looked like. And we had an amazing hair and makeup team. And, and, and also Lily James, another amazing actress and Shailene Woodley you worked with, like you've really, Sebastian, it's like phenomenal. Shailene also, I, I loved working with, I mean, yeah, I really, I really lucked out. I I can't, Well, they're all very, very lucky and blessed to work with you too, obviously. So, but yeah, Lily James and as Pamela Anderson, when those pictures came out, I mean, she looks, you guys both look amazing. I think I sent you a picture of Brad and I, we went as Pam and Tommy for Halloween. (laughs) It was so fun. (laughs) 
That's right. But yeah, I'm just, I'm very excited for that. Um, okay. I'm going to play a quote. I'm going to say a quote and you have to say who you think it is from the show. Okay. He looks like Matthew McConaughey between movies. That's a great line. That's a great line. I know. <laughs> um, Blair? No. He looks like Matthew McConaughey between movies. It's Chuck to Nate about Carter Bazin. <laughs> it's a really good line, though. You are right. Oh, God. That's such a great line. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, true gentlemen are a rare breed. Oh, my God. This is I'm going to be horrible at this. Serena. Can you guys play it? True gentlemen are a rare breed. <laughs> it was CC. Which I would have never guessed either. CC to you. Episode 10. Jesus. All right. At least I have to remember if there's some of these have to do with Carter. Okay. Um, well, who really cares what her name is, right? God bless America. That's Blair. Come on. Okay, play it. <laughs> well, who really cares what her name is, right? God bless America. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> yeah, it was Carter. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, I didn't get one of mine right, and, and it was stuff I said. Yeah. Okay. Chuck always has a card up his sleeve. That's me. Chuck always has a card up his sleeve. <laughs> Gossip girl. <laughs> oh, that's right. Gossip girl. Right. Yeah. That was all of them. But honestly, they're very hard because a lot of them, so anyone could have really said. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just the lines that I got, you know? Yeah. Who really cares what her name is? God bless America. <laughs> God bless <laughs> America. Terrible. <laughs> Too funny. Well... I don't know. I don't really want to get off because I'm I having know. so much fun and I miss you so much. But this has I been know. like really, really. I, I miss you too. Um, and listen, I'm I'm just really happy that you're doing it. You know, it's fun to kind of reminisce and talk about and and sometimes like look back and look at the things that, you know, we've, we've learned and, and, and that's, you know, so I hope, I don't know what your plan is, but yeah, you could, I, if you're still doing this next year, we could always do a, a part two. Another one, part two. I'd love that. Oh, I want to hug you. You too. So Pam and Tommy. Pam and Tommy is coming out February 2nd on Hulu. Okay. I'm like so pumped for this. All right. Well, I'll, I'll talk to you soon either way for sure. Absolutely. But thank you, Seb, for coming on. It was very it's insightful. It's my pleasure. I'm so happy that you did. You look great and, I, and you, you sound great. And, and um, we'll definitely be seeing each other. Yeah, very soon. Happy, 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 happy New, New Year. Year. <laughs> it's going to be great. Oh, my God. Okay. I know it's not quite New Year's anymore, but I do hope your year is still happy. I sure loved kicking off my 2022 by talking with Seb. I just love that guy so much. And he's just so unbelievably talented. By the way, be sure to check him out in Pam and Tommy and Fresh on Hulu and the 355. And then for next week, I have one of our friends. You might know her as Blair's right-hand girl or the iconic line in the pilot. Someone saw Serena getting off the train at Grand Central. Ringing any bells? That's right. Nicole Fisella, also known as Isabel Coates, is on the podcast. So tune in next week for our conversation. Until next time, XOXO. XOXO is produced by Propagate Content and me, Jessica Zor. Our show is executive produced by Ling Lee. Our producers are Diego Tapia, Emily Carr, and Hannah Harris. Original music by Moxie and Loon. And the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.